0: Creative chats Podcast with Mike Brennan. Hey, welcome friends to another episode of Creative Chats. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram, I'm at MikeBone, or you can check out my work and connect with me on my website, which is MikeBrennen.me. I would love for you to join our community called Daily Creative Habit. You can go to dailycreativehabit.com for all sorts of resources created just for you. There is a private Facebook group with people who have raised their hands to say, I want to show up more consistently for my creativity. So if that's you, join that group. It's free. You can also subscribe to the weekly Daily Creative Habit email newsletter, and that goes out with prompts and resources and all sorts of inspiration to help you on your journey and pursuit of creativity. It doesn't matter what form that takes, if it's visual art, if it's music, if you're an entrepreneur creating a business systems, you're a content creator, a maker of any kind, I wanna invite you along on this journey because we can all learn from each other. And when you create, we all win. So stop by dailycreativehabit.com today and be a part of this community. I also want to let you know that I have a book that is coming out at the time of this recording. It should be out the end of this month. So we're talking now the fall of 2023 and the book is called Make Fun a Habit. I'm really excited about this book because I believe that we all need to be experiencing some more fun in our lives. And if you've woken up recently and thought, you know, where has the fun gone? Uh, I'm stuck in these kind of mundane routines and everything that I do, it seems like I have to try to break through a brick wall. Uh, I'm just tired of all this and it seems that I'm enjoying things less and less. And whether that's professionally, personally, uh, both, I want to tell you that there is a way that we can start to open ourselves back up to fun and play and curiosity and creativity. And so I've created this book, which is a playbook, actually, and it's a resource that will give you 30 chapters for 30 days, quick, easy things to implement that can start to develop the habit of fun in you, that you can look for moments of fun in places where you might think you won't ever find fun. So I wanna invite you to get a copy of this book. You can go to makefunahabit.com. Presale is available right now. Depending upon when you're listening to this, it may actually be available uh, to to come directly to you right away. But visit makefunahabit.com for more information and to order your copy today. Hey friends, I am coming at you with another solo episode here. Today, I want to talk to you about the process that I used to write my latest book, which I am actually holding a copy of in my hand right now as I record this. My new book is Make Fun a Habit, the creative playbook for making life and work fun again. And uh, this book, is my first, quote, written book. You know, I have several books that were illustrated and mostly art related. And this book uh, is a departure from that. There are 30 chapters, and I wrote it in about 30 days. And so I want to walk you through what that looked like and give you a little bit of insight into where the book came from, why I wrote it, how I wrote it, and um, just some things that are not apparent from the outside and hopefully this will help you in some of the things that you're thinking about creating but perhaps you've been stuck on or maybe this will inspire you to set yourself a project and a goal and to break things down in such a way that you start really taking ground and getting your work out into the world Uh, because that's when we all win. I say this all the time, when you create, we all win. And so that's my goal for this episode, is to encourage you by sharing my process that you can then apply to the things that you're creating. So first, why make fun a habit? Well, it's something that I've been thinking about for a little while, and specifically for the past year or so, You know, when you go through a season that is difficult, and I've shared on this podcast before, my battles with mental health and and depression specifically, and some anxiety, Uh, and even during the pandemic lockdown, where I am in New Jersey, New York area, uh, things were pretty severe, and so there was a significant loneliness, to be quite honest, and in the midst of that, going through a divorce. And so these things just really compounded to make life not fun. Uh, It was difficult. It was a lot of struggle and striving. And through engaging with um, the process of trying to work on mental health and work on some things and focus on some things like gratitude and blessing, I started to really think about fun and play and how when I was a kid, this was something that just happened. I didn't have to plan it. I didn't have to think about it. I just did it. And I think that's the beauty of kids is that they just do what they wanna do. They play naturally because it's fun. And sure, why wouldn't I do this, right? Why wouldn't I make mud pies? Why wouldn't I color a Christmas tree coloring book purple? You know, why wouldn't I color outside the lines? Um, They question you for questioning them. And uh, I love that, but somewhere along the way, we start to grow up, we start to be in schools, we start to be in institutions and, and environments that tell us we need to play by the rules, tell us to conform, tell us that, Uh, Play is for after work. And we need to work hard. We need to work harder than everyone else around us. And if we are going to um, succeed, then we had better dedicate most of our life to work. And we strive because we wanna keep up with the people around us, with the things that they can afford, and with the lifestyle that we see of many people that we envy. And so all these things, end up causing us to sacrifice fun and play and to consider that something that's child's play. Consider it something that is maybe a reward when we're done with all the work, then we can play, then we can have some fun. But until then, we just have to go n- nose to the grindstone. And so what ends up happening is that we, we sometimes unknowingly adopt this attitude that we just can't afford fun. Uh, that that fun is is for other people, not for us. Or maybe fun is something that is related to being silly and frivolous. And we are more refined. We've been raised in such a way that you don't display some of those qualities. You don't engage with certain activities because it's uncivilized, it's undignified. And um, even if that's not your case, it still is probably the case where you're thinking, I I can't really afford to think about fun because I'm trying to pay the bills. I'm trying to get by, I'm trying to survive because life is hard. The world is hard and dark a lot of times these days. And so where is fun in the midst of all that? And so as I was thinking about all these things and thinking about how, you know, really we think that, um, that, that play is a luxury, but it's really a necessity. And coming around that thought, owning that thought for myself first, honestly, started to turn some things around, started to challenge me on my mindset and in the way that I looked for fun, looked to engage with fun, and caused me to look back at my life to think, where are the places that I've had fun? I know I have tons of stories. I have tons of experiences. I feel like I've had several different uh, chapters of my life where, you know, I've moved a couple of times and there's been different uh, social circles. And with those social circles came different experiences and stories. And some of the old friends that I still see, we get together and we rehash the old days and the the stories that we reminisce about and just laugh, honestly. Um, I so enjoy that. And so I started to examine those things and say, you know, what is it about those things that made them so special? Why Why was I so able to engage with fun at that place and time? And so as I started to examine these things, you know, this was kind of working in the background. And quite honestly, at this point, I still wasn't thinking about writing a book. Um, I thought maybe one day I'll write a book that, you know, and, and publish a book that is uh, more than my artwork. I know how to do my artwork uh, in, in the form of books. And so for me, this was a great challenge because thinking about writing more, thinking about, um, what I would say, how I would string this together. I mean, there's a a whole other host of parameters that go with the act of writing as opposed to the act of illustrating. And so being aware of those things, trying to be intentional, trying to hone a craft, and I already honed a voice in my writing, uh, but I needed to just continue to practice my writing in such a way that I invited people into things and showed them things through my own life that made them sit up and go, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I never really thought about it like that. Or I'm so glad that you put words to it like that because that's something that resonates, but I don't know that I would have able, been, ever been able to express that. Thank you for expressing that. And so the more I started getting that kind of feedback on some of my writing in terms of blog posts and social media posts, uh, I was I was more convinced that I have something to say and something that people would really take to heart. And I think this is an important message of making fun a habit, of looking for those places in our lives, discovering and rediscovering those places in our lives where we can have fun again, where things don't have to be so heavy. We don't have to break through walls at everything that we're trying to do. We don't have to be crippled by the adult responsibilities and practicality and all the things that usually win the day. And I know that there are extreme circumstances where sometimes we're in seasons of life where we're caring for other family members, there are health concerns, there are other issues at work. And so I'm certainly not trying to gloss over any hardships of life or seasons where we may find ourselves where this is very, very difficult. But what I do wanna do is at least open some conversation so that we can start to see possibilities. And the possibilities that you see might look different than the possibilities I see because of stage of life, because of circumstances, and so forth. But at least to be having the conversation, at least to be entertaining those thoughts of, how can I make life and work fun again? There's this sense of, again, returning to, because we did it when we were kids. Because we, we have stories when we were kids. We, we, they're connected to toys that we used and games that we played and experiences we had that were fun and play and, and we laughed and we enjoyed ourselves. And so how can we start to come around that again in our lives and do it in such a way where it becomes a habit? We start looking for those things, even in places where we think we can't find them. And so again i'm not thinking book i'm thinking just these bigger thoughts just for my own self and for rediscovery of my my own joy and play and and fun and i was attending the thing nashville event in june of 2023 and spoke at that and after the event was over i was sitting at my buddy terry weaver's house who's the event organizer and and um he runs a mastermind that i'm into for business and you know he's he said to me he's like you need to write this book and i was like yeah i mean i think you're right but i don't i don't really know what what i would say like i don't know how to structure this that's really was my tripping point how do i structure this in such a way that it makes sense for me first because the way that I operate is if something makes sense for me, then I know how to attack it and then I can put a plan in place and then really start gaining ground and traction and that's when I apply the things that I've learned and still apply with my daily creative habit of showing up consistently. I just pour gas on that and then I can just, just set and go and show up every single day. But the first part was was difficult. What does this look like? So we sat there around his kitchen table and we started to just outline. He said, okay, let's go. It's uh, give me 30 ideas of what these chapters could talk about. And and then we said, okay, we're gonna turn this into 30 short chapters because it's going to be a chapter a day. The book is designed so that you can kind of jump into it and jump out of it or jump around in the book however you want to. Um, it's You could read it from cover to cover, but you could also just use it as a a resource that you jump into every once in a while and pick something just to try to apply. And so 30 days, uh, 30 short chapters, and I said, okay, well, what are these chapters going to look like? What am I gonna actually say? And so once I identified some of the larger topics, like um, there's a a chapter about, uh, it's called Monkey See, Monkey Do, and it's about mimicking. And so this whole idea of when we're first learning how to do something, uh, a lot of times it's not fun because we're expecting ourselves to come out of the gate and be perfect and we wanna be great at something. And when we don't see results like that, we start to discourage ourselves. And so one of the ways around that is to see someone who has done something or is doing something in a way that we can start to copy and emulate and mimic. And then once we start to mimic that, we understand maybe a process, we understand how to deconstruct something, we understand how to start to apply it to ourselves. Um, Case in point, if you were trying to learn a musical instrument, you know, when I was younger, I I was learning how to play guitar, and it was all learning other people's songs at first. It was learning songs that I wanted to play. You know, uh, a lot of times these are called cover songs, right? You have cover bands that are whole bands that are playing other people's music. And so, it's it's learning what someone else wrote and did and and understanding oh they they use these chords and they use these settings and they use these effects and this is the beat and this is all the things that went into the ingredients if you will and then going okay well i've learned that and then the next step of that is identifying going how do i move past that from mimicking to actually creating my own things and so there's some fun in that process that we can identify in learning something new by mimicking. And so that was an example of one uh, chapter that I did. I know I did another chapter, um, Just Doodle It, and it's all about doodling and how, you know, we've all doodled. We all have been on a phone or been in a meeting or someplace where we're... We're doodling in the margins. You know, Maybe it was class and we're doodling on, on the mar- in the margins of a, a book or a test paper or, or notes. Maybe we're in a situation where we're trying to process a lot of information and we can't write all the words that are being said. And so we start coming up with symbols and little marks and bigger words and phrases that encapsulate all the things that we're trying to remember. So it's visual cues for us to remember something that is being said and communicated. And so this doodling idea, embracing that, having fun with that, you know, trying different colors of pens, different surfaces that you're writing on, um, uh, embracing that wholeheartedly so that it's a fun process and it's not something that you're discouraged by or that other people are discouraging you to do. Because, you know, when I was in school, that was like, don't, don't do that. You're not paying attention. You're doodling, you're daydreaming. But there's actually science that says that when we're allowing our hand to roam like that, it actually helps our brains focus a little bit more. Because even if we're taking a little bit of a break, we're able to do something else and then come back with freshness in our listening. And so no one's going to listen and be still for 45 minutes in a row, um, especially in today's day and age. And so engaging with practices like doodling can actually help us and be something that unlocks things in our brains and helps us remember things in a way that wouldn't be done otherwise. And so there's all these different chapters, uh, different topics like those kind of two that I just shared. And so what I started to do then was, okay, let's say I have my chapter. I know what it's going to be about. I've outlined my 30 chapters, the titles, their, their themes. And then I said, okay, well, how am I going to write this? Well, I figured I'm going to write by sharing a personal experience or story. That's gonna be in the beginning of every chapter. And then I'm going to give some insights. Uh, I'm gonna give some tips. And then I'm going to end each chapter by asking a series of questions. And these questions are designed for you to be able to dive deeper and think about how you can apply what was being talked about in the chapter and then there's a uh, action item where it's basically an activity for you to try. So this way it gets practical. It's not something that we're just talking about in theory. It's not just stories that I'm sharing. But it gets real practical and saying, okay, this is the, the theme of what we're talking about here in this chapter. Now let's go and do this. Now let's, let's actually show up and put something into practice so that with the action can come the development of a habit, because that's how it works when you show up and you take action again and again. And so with all of these things, uh, you know, I've, I've got the opening story, I've got these questions, I've got this uh, action item activity, and then I, I usually end with a list of some helpful tips and tricks Because if you need a little bit more insight, or maybe if you're finding yourself very skeptical about the things that I'm talking about, I address those things too, because uh, I understand that world. Because a lot of times, I've been that person. Someone has told me to do something, and I'm like thinking, really, this seems hokey, this seems cheesy, or really not helpful. And so, um, just to be able to have something, again, that's practical, that really, gives us a place to exercise and take action is important. And so I had this formula. And what I did was I wrote this formula out in a Word document, a Google Doc actually, and then I started to put uh, the chapter heading as far as what chapter it was about, and I copied and pasted, and I did this 30 times. And then I said, okay, now my goal is to every day show up and to write this chapter. And I started thinking about, okay, what are the themes? What are the stories? What are the illustrations? What are the questions? And so every day I would get up and I would spend a certain amount of time working on this book. And sometimes it was just me sitting in my home and me focusing with you know notifications off and not having checked my email yet, not having checked social media. but taking this time first thing in the morning for me and the work that I wanted to accomplish before everybody else started grabbing a piece of me. And there were other times where I actually wrote this book on my phone when I was in, uh, I was on a walk in the park and I tried to walk every single day. Um, I tried to do about 3.2 miles and uh, spend a good 40 minutes or so on a walk. And so I said, instead of just wasting that time or listening to music or listening to a podcast, What if I start to redeem that time towards writing because my brain is free to roam as my body is moving? And so I started to lean into that process and there were a lot of chapters that I wrote while I was out on a walk. And you know, of course, these are these are some drafts. These are some ideas. And I'd get home and I'd, I'd kind of clean things up a little bit more. And in terms of even some of the questions and some of the um, the, the facts around some things, the science around some things, uh, I enlisted the help of our pal AI, um, <laughs> ChatGTP, um, just to give me some inspiration on some things and some other specific quotes. Uh, not, not sorry, not quotes, but uh, stats that could help round out some of my own writing. And so um, this helped me tremendously as far as a process. And I would repeat this every single day. And what I would do is I would sit or I would walk, I would do this, I would have it, and then I would copy what I did and then I would text it or I would text like the chapter title with a little check mark to Terry, who was again, the the guy who I started all this process with around his kitchen table. And that was my way of having accountability, of telling him, hey, I told you that I was gonna show up for 30 days in a row and write this book. Well, here's today's chapter or here's the check mark to let you know that I spent this time, I did what I said I was going to do. And so that was a little built in accountability because I knew that if I didn't text him one day and I had texted him for like say six days in a row, he would reach out to me and say, hey, I didn't see a text from you yet today. Did you, did you do your chapter? What's going on? What's happening now? Thankfully that never happened because again, I employed my process that I have developed in my daily creative habit and I just moved it over to writing process as opposed to visual art. And again, that's the beauty of the process that I share and teach and talk about uh, with clients and with, um, you know, some of the, the, the corporate settings that I'm, that I'm finding myself in. We're teaching teams about this process. So personally, professionally, this process really works and gets you to work. That's the important thing. Uh, you're inspired, you're doing work, you're getting past the bad work and getting into the good work. And so I ended up doing 30 days, sent him all the check marks in the texts and said, great, I've done that. Now, what else has to go into this book? Well, I have to write an introduction I have to write uh, an acknowledgments page, I need to write a conclusion page. There's a page in there that I, I have as far as like how to use this book, um, which I know sounds a little funny, but it's just some guidelines on um, how to maximize using this book in such a way, again, so that you're not necessarily reading it cover to cover but that you're making it work for you. And of course, I'm using all sorts of my humor and sarcasm in the midst of that too. Um, (laughs) So it's fun, right? It's enjoyable. And uh, I needed to write copy for the back of the book and marketing copy to talk about the book. Um, All these things I started to put on my checklist and started to attack these things as well. And then I also knew that I needed somebody to write a foreword for this book. Um, I wanted somebody who could really speak about play and fun and do it in such a way that it really connected with the material that I was presenting. And so was thinking about that, was talking with Terry about that, and we came up with the idea of, hey, let's reach out to uh, my friend who has been on the podcast before, and um, you know, it's, it's Dan um, Klitzner. And Dan is the inventor of bop And he's not just the inventor of bop but he's done so many um, amazing toys and games over the years and continues to do so. And you know, I shared on a recent episode of how we, me and my girls, got to visit his studio in San Francisco and see some of his work, and that was the first time I got to meet him in person. And so it was a great, um, just connection and uh, personal time of hanging out. And we were talking about what the the forward could look like, and he was very um, pleased to, to be able to, to do that. And that I asked him, and so. That was another piece that I had taken care of, and he did a great job for that. And that's in the book. Again, it's I'm holding that right now in my hand. Um, And then I needed some endorsements of some people who I knew and know um, who know my work and can say, hey, yeah, you know, Mike wrote this book. And in here's a little here's a little credibility quote, right? Um, And so I I asked my buddy Jeff Goins, who I have been Uh, working with him various projects over the years and attended his conferences when he had them. And, um, you know, we still hang out every time I'm down in Nashville. And so he, he provided an endorsement and my other friend, Mike Kim, who, you know, he was business coach as well for me, and he was pleased to be able to, to provide that for me, and again, Terry Weaver. Um, you know, and all these people just saying, yeah, because you showed up and did the work, Mike. You weren't just talking about something. You weren't just writing about something that you don't know anything about. You didn't outsource this, but you actually lived it, and then you wrote it. And so that's really important for me, because whenever I'm talking about this stuff, I want to be able to stand on my own story and stand in my experience and say, look, I can say this because I have lived it, because I am living it, because I believe in it wholeheartedly, because it's my story. But I also believe my story is probably your story. I believe that you have probably struggled with having fun and play and creativity in your life in such a way that it's not getting drowned out by, all the responsibility, all the practicality. You know, I have yet to talk to anyone when I've asked them the question of, hey, do you have enough fun in your life? I've yet to hear anybody say, you know, I'm good. Uh, I'm, I'm, my fun quota is met. And uh, yeah, I don't really need any more fun. Thanks, though. Thanks. Um, if anything, we're always looking for more experiences that we can enjoy things that can bring us a sense of fulfillment and delight and joy, the meaningful moments, those are the ones that truly stay with us. Um, If I were to ask you what you think about when you think about fun times in your life, maybe you need to sit with it for a minute, but I'm sure you could come up with something, some experience you've had, some time that you've spent with other people, and a time where you've laughed, a time where you had an experience that just floored you. And, and it, it was such a shock maybe, and it was such a delight and surprise that it has stayed with you even years and years after you experienced it. And um, it, maybe even now you're thinking about those and a smile comes across your face. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. And so back to the process, right? I, I wrote all these chapters. I wrote all the things I needed to write just day after day after day after day. And then I said, okay, great. Now I have this document, but what do I do with it, right? Uh, I need an editor. Because as much as um, Grammarly and Spellcheck can do a wonderful job <laughs> with someone who uh, struggles with spelling, such as myself, um, and some other grammatical things, uh, you, whatever it is that you create, you always need a fresh pair of eyes to, to look at it. You need someone who's not close to the thing that's been created um, because I'm too precious with my own work and I need someone else to come alongside to look at it with fresh eyes and to help make it the best that it can be. And so that's what an editor can do. And so I knew I needed an editor, and I was very thankful to be able to have uh, Cabrina, who's been on this podcast as well, who's a dear friend of mine as well. Um, and she said, yeah, I would love to edit your book for you. And so she took on the task of editing the book for me, and um, thankfully there weren't tremendous amounts of rewrites that needed to happen. <laughs> but, you know, it was making it the best that it can be. And then I go, okay, what else has to happen in this process? Well, I've got uh, editing, writing, all that stuff under wraps. I've got my forward by Dan. I've got my endorsements uh, from the other folks. Now I need to think about, okay, what is the book going to look like, right? It's a book about fun. It needs to be fun. It can't be a boring book um, because that would just, <laughs> it wouldn't sell, right? It wouldn't, no one would want to crack the cover of that. If it looks boring, then no way because the the book is not taking its own advice. And so I knew I needed to make the design and the look of this fun. Thankfully, I am also a graphic designer. And so my years experience in design really came in handy. I knew that I wanted fun, bold colors. And so I started to mock up covers and I shared some on social media. I shared some in the Daily Creative Habit group on Facebook. Uh, just asking people's opinions and saying, hey, which cover do you like best? Why? Which one says more fun? Which one um, do you, would you buy? And um, got a lot of feedback, right? Because of course when you ask questions like that people enjoy giving their opinions and things and which I, I valued um, to be able to have that feedback and Then I figured out, okay, this is what the, the, the book is going to look like it it has uh, you know a, a black cover with a very bright pink, uh, it's actually magenta-colored text, uh, with some other text that is handwritten, and that's in a bright yellow. And so these three colors of the black, the magenta, and the yellow, uh, that color combination for me was something that I was like, this really is fun. This, you know, pops, uh, if you will. (laughs) Designers hate when, when you use that phrase because It always means nothing when somebody gives feedback of that. You know, I want this to really pop. And you're like, can you give me some more specific feedback that I can use? (laughs) But being that I'm the designer, I can say that. Um, This really does pop. The spine of it is in magenta. And um, you know, I designed the back of it. And then also the interior, right? I said the interior of the book needs to be something that is also fun. And so I decided to include with the chapter headings, uh, not just you know the chapter of what it is in the text, but do a custom illustration that went along with each chapter. And so I have 30 custom illustrations that I did that are hand drawn. And what I did was I actually put these together in a pattern, and I've used that pattern on the book cover. It's kind of um, ghosted on the cover, if you will, uh, like, a, uh, like a darker gray on top of the black. And I've also used that uh, for some of the other marketing materials and uh, some of the other products I've, I've put together, like a shirt and some stickers and some other things, um, using that same design and motif over and over again so that there's visual consistency. So design check illustrations check the words edited check right all the pieces that i needed from other people check uh and then it was time to go okay uh i have the the pieces i have the ingredients what do i do with that well again being a designer and having self-published books before this was also a area where i could lean into and do all this myself as far as the production of it And so I set up a schedule for myself of when I needed this book to be done by because of a certain event. And the actual release date, uh, which I haven't mentioned yet, is October 2nd, 2023. And so I was working backwards from there to say, okay, when does the printer need files and who am I gonna use for the printer, right? And so I right now, am using Amazon's KDP platform, which I've used in the past, Uh, so I was very, very familiar with their process as far as um, creating a PDF of the interior, um, making sure that all my color is correct on that, and I'm not doing any what's called bleed, where images go off the page, so it was very easy, quick, uh, as opposed to some of my other art books and making sure that this was assembled in such a way that uh, it was in the right order, and you know, the, the page numbers were right, like all that kind of stuff as far as the production. And again, I take care of all that stuff being a designer, using programs like Adobe InDesign and um, harnessing my professional background to be able to move through that uh, fairly quickly, and designing the cover again as well as a separate file because these platforms need The interior as a PDF, usually, or a Word document, but in my case, because of the illustrations. Again, using um, InDesign and exporting to a PDF. I know I'm getting a little bit in the weeds here. Stay with me if you're like, oh my gosh, this is like nerd talk. Um, And then also the cover, exporting that as a PDF as well so that these are files now that are ready to be uploaded to KDP, Amazon's platform. I uploaded those, filled in all the background information that they need as far as the copyright stuff and getting a barcode and um, you know the the cover description you know for the back cover um, all the things that they ask for basically all the, the fields that you need to fill in. I've done all that before, so I kind of moved through that quick enough. And then I upload the files. And KDP has this uh, amazing system where you upload it. There's I guess a computer or something checks it in the background and gives you the ability to view kind of a, a, um, a scenario where you look for guides and like where things would be cut and folded, and you make sure that things are within the safe areas for printing, because you don't want anything coming off the page that's not supposed to be, and you want to make sure that everything looks the way it's supposed to look uh, so that your final product will be correct. And so this is a check for you to be able to look at this proof and either deny it, make the changes, upload a new one, or hit accept. And then if you hit accept, then it goes through its process for final uh, review and approval. And so um, you know, moving through some of that, and I've also was doing simultaneously working with a a new vendor, Ingram Spark and so wanted to test and see what their printing process was, uh, what their product would be ultimately in the end and compare that to KDP. And also the fact that I wanted to offer this in paperback as well as hardcover. Um, And so some of this uh, is taking opportunity to do some things outside the things that I've already done and have experience with. And so I always try to use whatever the new project is that I'm working on as a, uh, uh, an opportunity to learn something new. Um, and whether that's gain an understanding of how to use a certain service, a certain software, certain process, um, then I can add that to my toolbox. And so the more that I can do these things, the more chances that I can take and the more that I can push things, the greater chances of me having something that I'm really proud of that I believe um, just it positions me in such a way that I can do this work myself where I need to, hire out where I can't, right, and getting help, like, say, with editing, um, and yet have, a, again, have a product where I feel like this has my, not only my heart and soul in it, but it's also a, you know, it's an excellent thing. Um, I've, I've strived to be excellent in this. And so that's kind of the, the process uh, in overview, and these books uh, i've gotten some samples in so again that's why i'm holding one right now as i'm recording this Uh, i'm pretty excited about this and it's uh, 228 pages i believe and um i just can't wait for you to get your hands on it because i think that you can use more fun because i know i can i think we can always use more times when we can enjoy what we're doing even if it seems like it's the furthest thing from fun. And again, this can be applied professionally as well as personally. And so I'm excited to see how people engage with this book so that maybe they can start doing some things that bring them some more joy. And they can start um, implementing this with their teams at work so that they can not simply just be more effective Uh, and more productive, but that they actually be more innovative because they're having fun, they're playing, and they're also being creative in the midst of that. And so uh, I can't wait for you to be able to get your hands on this book. As a matter of fact, right now, if you go to makefunahabit.com, then that will bring you right to the purchase page. That's a pre-order of the book, uh, depending upon the time which you're listening to this. If it is uh, prior to October 2nd, then it'll be pre-order. If it's after that, it'll be live, and you'll be able to order, again, either a paperback or a hardcover version of the book, whatever is your uh, choice. So um, I'm excited about this, obviously. I I wanted to share this behind-the-scenes process because I really believe that some of you have been wanting to write a book. Some of you have been stuck because of some of the particulars, or because you weren't sure about a certain process. Some of you maybe haven't really thought about that at all, and maybe right now you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I think maybe I do wanna write a book. And to sit with that, to take action on that, and to actually get that thing out into the world That's where it starts to make a difference, because an idea is only so useful. It's great to spark that initial birth, but unless you let ideas carry out into action, then it will never have impact on anybody else besides yourself. And it'll be that thing that you say, yeah you know i've been working on this book it's like 10 years now it's 20 years now yeah i've been writing that screenplay yeah i've been working on those songs i just haven't released them yet because i want them to be perfect um i want to gently prod you and say you know what nothing is ever perfect sometimes done is better than perfect and it's really more important for you to get into a habit of creating, a habit of releasing and acting, a habit of fun, so that you do more and do more often. And you're not putting something on a pedestal making it too precious. If that's you, if you've been putting something on a pedestal because it's so very precious, I wanna encourage you, take it down off the pedestal and get to work. Because the world needs that thing that you are looking to create. You need that thing that you're looking to create. It's obviously important to you because you've been curious enough to think about it, to flirt with it every once in a while, to make some action and creativity on it. It's time. It's time for you to get that thing out into the world. And so I hope this episode, by me sharing the behind the scenes of my book process, has helped you, give you you some ideas, given you some um, encouragement to know that you can do these things, because if I can do them, certainly anybody can do them. It's just a matter of showing up and getting to work and leveraging processes and building habits in such a way that this stuff starts to work for you and it doesn't feel like you're dragging yourself through the mud all the time. So, as I always end these episodes, go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.